Welcome to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, founder and attorney, partner of uh, my, with my son, Kerry Meldon. We welcome you to a great show. Uh, this is really exciting. Uh, I've got uh, one of my favorite uh, folks uh, to join us on the show today, John uh, Danny, who is the founder and brewer at First Magnitude Brewing Company, and uh, it's special because we're here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, and uh, First Magnitude is uh, uh, brewing uh, the beer here at, uh, or at least one of the beers, my favorite, the Head Beer Coach beer, 1966. And uh, it's a great lager beer, and uh, we're going to talk more with John Denny from First Magnitude about uh, not only this beer, but all beers and how the process uh, starts and why has Gainesville got so many great uh, breweries. Uh, there's a lot going on. Anyhow, uh, Gator Sports is rocking, man. Uh, the Gator baseball team swept the series last weekend from Mississippi. Ole Miss uh, was ranked number 13th in the country. We're ranked number two or three, depending on which poll you look at. What's amazing is in the SEC, six of the top ten teams in the whole country are from in baseball are from uh, the SEC. So I think the Gators, in some of the polls, were ranked um, number three, but they weren't the best team in the SEC as far as the rankings. There may have even been uh, two teams ahead of them in some of the polls. So it's crazy. Uh, but, you know, one through ten, uh, the teams are, uh, for the most part, SEC teams. And what does that mean? It means if you come to the ballpark in uh, uh, Gainesville to see any of the home games, you're going to see major league talent uh, playing on the field. Uh, the, I, I get so excited about this, uh, but it's true. Uh, the best uh, experience in town right now is uh, over at the uh, ballpark, the Condren Family Ballpark. Uh, just finished, $65 million facility. Uh, great time, great watching uh, great baseball teams. And uh, if you kind of uh, uh, enjoy, uh, you know, baseball from its uh, uh, unique characteristics, it's usually kind of chilled out, slow, compared to uh, football and basketball. Uh, very cerebral. Uh, you get uh, really exciting uh, uh, moments when uh, the bases are loaded and someone, uh, you know, gets a, a double or a home run and uh, the bases are cleared. It's it's really uh, kind of cool. And the Gators are averaging um, approximately 10 runs scored per game. So it's not boring. Uh, you know, it's not a, a pitcher's duel one to, no one to nothing. However... Uh, it uh, the Gators pitching. We've got two starters. 
who are both going to be high draft picks in the major leagues, throwing 98 to 100 miles an hour uh, when they're throwing their fastball. So uh, uh, check it out. Uh, we've got, we're having a really good time. Gator gymnastics team uh, racing for a uh, national title. Uh, they start this weekend. It's going to be uh, on TV. Uh, I think ESPN may be covering it since it's a national tournament. And uh, you're going to see the Lady Gators. Boy, they're in the elite category. So you can score 200 points total. And there's only four teams in the whole country that have scored more than 198 points. And the Gators have done it several times. And uh, Trinity Thomas uh, is, in my opinion, the best college gymnast in the whole country and will be an Olympic star. So you can see Trinity Thomas, but uh, uh, Leanne Wong and uh, uh, Kelly uh, DeCasio, I think her name is, is uh, a star. DeCello. Anyhow, she's doing amazing, and she's only a freshman. So for those of you that uh, watch the Olympics gymnastics, uh, we have uh, Olympic-style, Olympic-quality gymnastics uh, right here at home. There's no more home games, but uh, you're going to be able to see the Gators compete on the national stage uh, for the next uh, three or f three weeks or so. I think they do uh, regionals, and then they they uh, get to what is, in essence, uh, the Final Four. So let's support our Lady Gators gymnastic team because, again, uh, they are, I think they're currently ranked number two in the country. However, between uh, Oklahoma, Michigan, and the Gators, it's a toss-up as to who's going to be the national champion uh, in gymnastics, in my opinion. So anyhow, that's uh, going on, and the Lady Gators uh, softball team is rocking as well. Uh, they're they're another top ten team, and uh, they're really fun. The games are kind of short because they're seven inning games, and uh, the Gators are winning games uh, by uh, the um, uh, ten rule run. If you get ahead by more than ten runs, I think in softball after the fifth innings completed, uh, the game you just shut the game down and the Gators have been uh, doing that several times this year and uh, are fun to watch so uh, come and support what's going on this is a different time of the year we don't have football we don't have basketball uh, however um, the baseball and gymnastics is still cranking and in fact uh, shout out to the Gator Lady Gator basketball team some of my uh, favorite people um, and they, uh, they made a deep run in the NIT, had some really good performances. So uh, they're, they're, they lost Monday night, but uh, they, uh, they won the first half. They just got blown out the second half. So uh, that happens. But the recruiting is really strong. Uh, I'm following uh, the Lady Gator basketball and the men's basketball teams, and uh, they are uh, – recruiting at a high level. So we're going to see some improvement in uh, both of those programs next year. And uh, Gator football, we got the um, orange and blue game coming up Thursday night, April 13th. Uh, mark that off on your calendar. And the reason is that uh, it's going to be uh, televised. Um, and it's a, they moved it to Thursday night, so they 
wouldn't compete with all the other teams. So it's on a Thursday night uh, in the swamp. It's going to be they're going to be a big crowd showing up for that. So uh, let's go and uh, take a look at uh, what Coach Napier is going to put on the field for us next uh, fall. It's uh, very exciting. So uh, that's a little bit about what's going on in Gator sports. As far as the community goes, uh, we got a bunch of really uh, uh, neat things uh, coming up. Uh, there's um, the Wombash uh, uh, with Sister Hazel is coming up in May. So um, check out, uh, I think it's um, uh, 90.1 and the call signals for it. and. Uh, uh, Wombash 90.1. Go, just go online and put in Wombash, and you'll see they have uh, ticket festivals. I think the ticket prices are only 50 bucks, if I'm not mistaken, to see Sister Hazel. Sister Hazel performed at the Performing Arts Theater a few weeks ago, and uh, they were charging uh, a lot more than 100 bucks a ticket. So this is a chance to get up close, personal, see one of our favorite hometown bands, and they're going to have a whole lineup. Uh, it's on, uh, uh, the, I think, the second Saturday in uh, uh, May, and First Magnitude Beer is going to be doing the Friday night event. Uh, it's free, and it's going to be uh, terrific. There's some amazing artists uh, that are going to be showing up over at uh, uh, First Magnitude as well. So uh, that's part of the uh, what's going on in the music scene. I know Gainesville is uh, really rocking. Uh, we had uh, a, a big uh, festival out in Williston, and uh, Meldon Law is sponsoring that as well as the Wombash Festival. We are uh, we're really interested in being partners with uh, the people in the community that are uh, bringing you uh, great entertainment, whether it's sports or music or anything else. Um, if you have an organization and you would like uh, Meldon Law's support, uh, please give us a call. Uh, just call the office, ask for marketing, and uh, Josh Howard, our marketing director, will get on the phone with you and. Uh, uh, be glad to uh, walk you through the uh, steps necessary to get some information out to uh, the public and uh, see what we can do to help. Uh, World Equestrian Center in the Riley and uh, Marion County are uh, doing amazing things as well, and uh, we're involved uh, with uh, Wind FM in supporting a lot of the events at the Riley and uh, also K Country uh, we're very involved with. So. Uh, uh, give us, uh, you know, give us uh, a shout out to all of our friends, and let's support our local, uh, our local venues that are providing great information, great fun, and a great time. Uh, the um, there's just tons of stuff going on. We're here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, uh, and it is a amazing museum. Uh, you have to come out and uh, see it. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, great food. Uh, for example, they're the only restaurant in town that has the head beer coach beer in 1966. And this is Jeffrey Meldon's favorite beer. And uh, you can get it right here, but nowhere else. Uh, and of course, the reason is that the head beer coach is Steve Spurrier. And where else but Spurrier's Gridiron Grill could you find 
the head beer uh, coach, 1966 American Lager. Uh, terrific. It's only got, well, 4.6% alcohol. That's not too bad. Uh, it's not too low, not too high. When I was a, a young youngster in uh, Cleveland growing up, as soon as I got uh, old enough to uh, drink, or maybe it was a few years earlier, I don't know, maybe, maybe I had a phony ID, I can't remember, it was so long ago, but we used to drink 3.2 beer, 3.2% beer, because it was legal when you were 18, and that was a big deal. Uh, so I have been a beer fan for a number of years and can uh, firmly attest to uh, the head beer coach, uh, uh, American Lager 1966, which is the year Steve Spurrier won the Heisman Trophy. Anyhow, uh, I've been ranting uh, enough now. We're going to get to the meat of our program in just a few minutes. We're going to take a break, go to some commercials, and we'll be back on Meldon Law and Friends. Meldon Law has been serving personal injury victims since 1971. In those days, Jeffrey Meldon's presence as an attorney in the music scene dubbed him with the nickname The Hippie Attorney. And although times have changed, two things haven't. Our commitment to bettering our community by helping the injured. Albert, are you ready to go to the game? And our love for the Florida Gators. If you bleed orange and blue, Meldon Law is the firm for you. Well, I'm joining the band, of course. Since Melvin Law is the official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, I want to help. Dad, we're litigators. Let's stick to helping people in the courtroom. Well, can we still hang out and jam a little bit? At Melvin Law, we won't back down. I was going down a one-way street, and a girl that was driving her car T-boned me on my scooter. I ended up going for an MRI and discovering that I had two herniated discs. Coming to Cary allowed me to not have to worry about what doctor I was gonna see or what physical therapist I had to go to. They say, these are the people we trust. You're gonna have a great experience there. And I honestly did each time. Call Melvin Law. Your consultation is absolutely free. I was driving behind a lady and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road. And when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had 280 discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melvin fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no whenever I called him and asked him for something. Call Melvin Law right now. I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. Call Melbourne Law right now. Hey, Sammy, look who's there. Say hi. Hey. <gasps> you, you again. again. 
Belden in law, Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! Somebody else hit us here. Here we go again. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder and uh, attorney, partner with my son, Kerry Melden at Melden Law. And if any of you need help with any kind of a uh, accident, please give us a call, 352-373-8000, or go online at meldenlaw.com. We've been in the community serving North Central Florida since 1971. We're very proud of that. And if you want somebody who uh, is local, who you can come and talk to uh, anytime, you, my son Kerry and I uh, are at the office almost every day, and we're glad to meet with uh, cli new clients, uh, old clients. Uh, whatever your problem is, we value local service to the community and uh, we try to uh, do that in many different ways. Uh, my guest today is John Denny from uh, First Magnitude Brewing Company. And uh, uh, John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, and speaking of giving back to the community, I know First Magnitude, that's one of your uh, you know, main you know, credos is, uh, you know, being involved in the community. Absolutely. We are very community oriented. Uh, we host uh, all kinds of musical performances, uh, artists. Uh, we do lots of fundraisers. Uh, just recently, we had our uh, Clean Creek Revival, which is a uh, annual event where we partner with a group called Current Problems to clean up our local waterways. And we have uh, we have taken tens of thousands of pounds of trash out of Gainesville Creeks and, uh, and something that we're really proud of. Yeah, uh, I went on the First Magnitude uh, website and I saw all the amazing things that they've done. And as a matter of fact, uh, I think one of your interests is having great clean water because you use that to brew, right? Yes, it all really comes down to uh, beer is mostly water. Uh, so without, uh, without good clean water, uh, we're, we're, we're stuck. So it's you know, very important. It, it, it's very um, true because whether you, uh, it's beer or coffee or whiskey or whatever the drink is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the foundation. It, the foundation is always good water. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So if you start with bad water, <laughs> you're probably not going to end up where you want to be. Absolutely not. Yep. So tell us a little bit of how you got involved with starting a brewery. Right. So um, I started out uh, brewing as a hobby. Um, it was in uh, 1992. I had just recently graduated from the University of Florida, and I had a friend of mine that said, hey, I'm going to take this leisure course at Santa Fe College on homebrewing. And I was like, homebrewing? He's like, yeah. I mean, you can make beer at home? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm on board. And uh, so it started out just as a hobby, uh, but I got progressively more into it. Um, I didn't really dream that this would be my career. Uh, so I, I, uh, I, I worked at several places, I worked in the medical field, um, I, uh, I ended up getting an advanced degree in social work, I worked in the Shan system uh, for quite some time, then I transitioned, moved over to the University of Florida, um, where I worked for 13 years, and uh, that was fantastic, and as I was at UF, I, I got back into homebrewing, there was always that kind of itch, that I was like, man, you know, 
maybe I could maybe I could make a go of this someday. And I have uh, some wonderful business partners uh, that were um, uh, also interested in this, and we discussed this many a night over many a homebrew. And uh, we finally got to the point where we decided we would give this a shot. And uh, that was back in 2012, and we actually opened our doors in 2014. So we're going to be nine years in business this, uh, this August, which um, we're, we're really, really uh, excited about. Uh, but it's been, it's been a terrific ride. Um, I, we've been so welcomed by the Gainesville community, and it, it's, it's, it's just something I, I, I it, it never escapes me just how fortunate I've been to be able to do something that I really enjoy doing and contribute to the community. Well, you are contributing in a number of different ways, but I'll tell you, you know, Gainesville, Florida, during the summer when it's 94 degrees out <laughs> and humid and you're sweating your butt off and everything else, a beer is an integral part of survival, you know? <laughs> For sure. Uh, beer is, uh, a well-made beer is one of those great little, uh, great little celebrations, uh, even if it's just to celebrate the end of a uh, mowing your lawn. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great thing, and um, yeah, we're happy to be able to produce it. You know, it's interesting. Before the show, I went online to look at the history of beer, mm -hmm. and the um, uh, uh, Wikipedia article I was reading, you know, was saying it goes back to you know twenty six hundred years as mm -hmm. far as um, what they had, what the information they can confirm, but they suspect it goes back even further than that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows for sure. A lot of uh, people seem to think it was the Sumerian culture that, that uh, could have been the first sort of brewers. Um, uh, but yeah, it's been uh, the Egyptians uh, certainly were into making beer. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been with us for a long, long time. So m what I read was that there was a lot of home brewing and also a village or a community would have people that would specialize in brewing for the the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, most definitely, you get that pub culture, um, uh, particularly in the United Kingdom, uh, in Germany, oh, and yeah. breweries, pubs were very small, and they they provided for the communities, uh, their immediate communities, and that's a little bit of what we wanted to do when we started First Magnitude. Of course, our first and foremost priority was to make a good liquid, as they say. Um, but we also uh, wanted it to be a, a gathering place. And uh, we've, we've, had people, uh, we've had people get married there. We've had retirement parties there. We've had wakes there. We've mm -hmm. had all kinds of celebrations of different milestones in life. And it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to uh, kind of witness that. You know, it's interesting that you talk about that because really the the pub was uh, an important part of the community mm -hmm. you know for centuries and centuries and um it wasn't really until the 1800s where you had large commercial uh breweries come about now when i've gone to europe i don't know like uh you know you you'll go to uh you know, Carlsberg or Tuborg or uh, Lowenbrow or whatever, and they'll say started in 1606 or something like that, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. But the fact is there were probably local breweries uh, whenever they started, and they weren't, like, selling it all over Europe. No, no, yeah. It, it was very, very community-oriented, and, uh, yeah, they would just kind of serve their immediate neighbors there. Yeah. So what do you think... Um, 
was the uh, origin of how people figured out that if you take uh, some grains, what, barley mm -hmm. or whatever, and you put some water with it, uh, and then the next thing you know, somebody threw some yeast in or something mm -hmm. like that by mistake? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it probably happened with yeast are everywhere, uh, just naturally occurring uh, in nature. So uh, I've read that <clears throat> the Sumerians possibly were storing bread outside in containers, got some rainwater in there, and just some of that natural yeast occurring. Somebody decided to drink it <laughs> and said, hey, I kind of feel pretty good. Uh, so I think it kind of went from there. But, but yeah, those, the natural yeast that, that is just uh, out there, I mean, of course, there's been a lot of evolution over these many hundreds and hundreds of years, and now we have specialized yeast that's selected specifically for the brewing process. Uh, but yeah, it probably happened by accident. Well, it's kind of interesting. So here we have one of your beers. It's called the Head Beer Coach, mm -hmm. uh, 1966 American Lager. And, of course, we're at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. You can see all of uh, Steve Spurrier's helmets back here. And mm -hmm. uh, we always encourage our uh, listeners and viewers to come out here. It's really fun. And this is the only restaurant in town, right, that's selling the Head Beer Coach beer. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty exclusive to here. You can get you can find it in package uh, different places. You can certainly find it on campus. Um, yeah, tell uh, us we, about <laughs> that because every time I go to a basketball game or a, or a baseball game or a gymnastics, uh, yeah, they got the Head Beer Coach. It's, it's it was available for the first time uh, this past season. Um, <clears throat> at the football stadium, so that was really, really exciting. The baseball team is doing incredibly well, just swept Old Miss this past weekend, and uh, that's helping our sales, so that's... Yeah, that's we got a big series against Auburn coming up this weekend, <clears throat> yep, yep. And, and if we got uh, clear weather and uh, a little heat, then mm -hmm, uh, the mm -hmm. beer's going to fly off the shelf. Uh, that's that's what I'm hoping. I, <laughs> hey, I'm hoping for a regional or a super regional at the, at the rate that they're playing, um, but I, I never thought that I would ever have the opportunity to meet meet coach Spurrier much less drink beer with him and uh, I got to do that and that was that was incredibly fun and <clears throat> what an honor um, he came and toured the brewery and he tried a bunch of our core beers and we talked about what he liked and what he didn't like and of course coach loves to play golf and loves to be out in the outdoors and that kind of thing so he wanted something that really light and refreshing but he also wanted kind of a bold kind of a flavor to it so I think we kind of walked the line there and, and brought them both with the 1966 lager. So how did you make this beer, this lager? You, you start with barley or some other grain? Yeah, oh yeah, so it all comes down to malted barley. That's kind of the, 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 the basis of it, well, other than water, of course. Um, and, and where do you get your water from? Uh, the city of Gainesville has very good water, um, and, and we, uh, we, of course, filter that uh, through a, a carbon filter uh, to take any chlorine out of it, but um, it's really very good water for brewing. So we use city water, and um, the, uh, the, 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 the engineers over there um, at the water plant uh, do a, really an amazing job and provide very good and consistent water for us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> People don't realize we have a really good aquifer here. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you dig down deep enough, you get some really high quality uh, spring water. Absolutely, and that the, really that is the, the uh, that is kind of the basis of, of where our water comes from is the Florida aquifer for sure. And of course, I'm deviating a little bit from your question, but that's that's what our brewery is themed after. First magnitude, 
uh, <clears throat> that refers to the springs that we have here in Florida. And springs are uh, classified in orders of magnitude, and the largest ones are first magnitude springs. So we have 33 first magnitude springs in the state of Florida, and that's more than anywhere else in the world. How many are uh, up here in North Florida? A lot. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we, I know Jenny Springs. And, Jenny, uh, uh, um, Itchentucky, uh Blue Springs. Uh, Manatee Springs. Oh man, I should have yeah, studied we, a little but bit we more have before a lot, I came. But, but the bottom line is, <clears throat> we have really good. We're we're up north, mm -hmm. and you know the population is not as intense up here. The uh, you know the the aquifer is uh, you, particularly in the last year or two or three. I know it was down for a while, but then it you know got healthier. Yeah, it's been it's it's been regenerating, but it is something that we all and th and that's another one of the reasons why uh, we we uh, themed our brewery after the springs is is it's it is a it is a precious resource that we need to be mindful of and we need to protect. Um, so that that was that was one of the the reasons why we we uh, named it to call attention, you know, to our water use and you know since it is the foundation of our product. And first magnitude also has a second meaning in that stars are classified in orders of magnitude. So the brightest stars that you see are first magnitude stars. Like the North Star, right? Like the North Star. <laughs> so um, uh, our logo is, we call her Maggie. She's a mermaid. Of course, she represents the springs, and then she's looking through a telescope into the stars. So you get that double meaning of first magnitude. Oh, well, very good. So, <laughs> so far, okay, we've started with very good water to mm -hmm. make the head... Beer Coach uh, 1966 uh, American Lager, okay, uh -huh. and what's, it, what's next? So we take that barley and we put it through a mill and we, we crack the barley. We don't, we don't want to crush it, but we just kind of crack. Barley is a seed of the barley. Where, where do we get the barley from? So most of it uh, comes from Minnesota, uh, Shakopee, Minnesota. We do import some from uh, Germany and some from the United Kingdom and a little bit from Belgium too, but... Uh, the great majority of it comes from uh, the Midwest here. Um, and, the Great Plains. And the Great Plains, yes, exactly. The Great Plains make great barley. <laughs> so we take that barley and we do something we call a mash, where we introduce hot water into that barley, the barley that the seeds have been cracked. Um, and what that does, it opens up uh, and exposes the starches that are within those seeds. And by doing the mashing process, we're converting those starches into sugars. And sugars are very important because that's going to be food for the yeast later on, and they're going to metabolize that sugar, and they're going to create alcohol, and they're going to create carbon dioxide. So uh, the mashing process takes about 30 minutes. We circulate that water through that grain bed, and then we run it off into the kettle. We fill our kettle. We have a 15-barrel system at first magnitude. <clears throat> a barrel of beer is 31 gallons. The large kegs that you may have seen at a college party or something like that, that's a half-barrel keg. Those are 15 and a half gallons. Uh, and we have a 15-barrel system. So that's about 460 gallons of beer that we can make in one pass through our system. So are you saying it goes through fi uh, 15 large? Um, uh are the, what size are these barrels it's going through? So our firm, we have, we have uh, several different sizes of fermenters at first magnitude. We have 60-barrel fermenters. We have 30-barrel fermenters. We have a 15. We have a 5. We have a couple 7s. And we have a bunch of 4-barrel fermenters as well. So that allows us to make very different kinds of variations uh, on our products. So it gives us a lot of flexibility. So when you're creating this particular beer, mm -hmm. okay, 
did you want a particular <clears throat> barley uh, because of the characteristics of that barley? It's a, it's a blend of uh, two-row barley, which is the, the most common. It's, it's sort of a white bread or plain pasta of barley. And then we also use a Pilsner malt as well. It has a little more of a crackery character to it. Um, <clears throat> so those are the two main uh, types of barley that we use in Head Beer Coach. Um, <clears throat> so as I said, we, we, we mash it, we fill up the kettle, kettle's about 485 gallons, we boil, uh, the, and at that point we call it wort. So before it is beer, it's, it's a German word, W-O-R-T, it's called wort, and uh, we're going to boil that wort, and we do it for several reasons. One, boiling sanitizes the beer for, the, the wort for us, so if there's any bacteria or anything like that, the boiling process takes care of all that. We also boil it because we want to mix it, everything mixed up very, very well. And then also, we, that is at the point where we add hops. <clears throat> so hops are kind of the spice of beer. And they uh, lend bitterness, and they lend aroma, and also flavor, too. And so if you were ever to have a beer that didn't have any hops in it, it would be kind of syrupy and coinly sweet. So the hops provide that bitter balance uh, to the beer. And this is a very balanced beer. It's not particularly bitter. It's not particularly malty, not particularly sweet. It's just that nice balance, and that's what makes it really good and refreshing to drink. So how did you pick out the hops that you wanted to um, create this beer with? Well, uh, we use uh, Cascade hops, and they're from the Pacific Northwest. And um, they have a kind of a light citrus character to them. Um, so again, that kind of provides uh, that, that little bit of a kick, that little bit of extra boldness uh, to, the, to this uh, particular beer, as opposed to a standard American light lager that might you know, not have a whole lot of hop character to it. So that's, again, what Coach wanted was something that would, that would stand out. So it's, a li it's got a little more flavor than a, a Bud Light? I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bud Light's like, what, the number one selling beer in the United States? It has been for many years, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm second generation in the, in, the, in the beer business. My mother worked for an Anheuser-Busch distributor uh, for most of her career. So, um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, uh, I, I'm, uh, AB products are near and dear to my heart. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it, it, it is, um, look, it's a very competitive field. It is. And, it is. And um, I know what, what you're doing is, um, you know, amazing considering that you're, a, you know, a, a local startup company. And mm -hmm. now tell us, uh, well, wait, wait, before I get to that, I just want to finish the making of uh, sure. the headgear. <laughs> so now, now we've got the mash, yep. right? Yep, okay. yep. We've created our work. We've boiled it for an hour, we've added our hops, and now, so everything that I just described is, is known as the hot side, okay? So now we're going to switch over to the cold side. So once uh, we've boiled the beer, added our hops, we're going to run it off into a whirlpool, and the whirlpool helps us to clarify the beer. So we put those hops in, and hops are a, a, a vegetal product, it's a flower, um, uh, and uh, we want to extract the uh, acids and the oils in the hops, but we don't want any of that green stuff floating in the beer. Um, so we put it in the whirlpool, and that helps us through centrifugal force to um, pile up what we call trube, which is a German word for waste, at uh, the bottom of the whirlpool, and we can open up a dump valve and get that out of there so we got nice, clear beer. 
<clears throat> at this point, it's, it's still... A, it's like a centrifuge, almost. It's, yes, exactly. Yeah, similar <clears throat> similar concept uh, to a centrifuge. You're spinning it, spinning it up, and <clears throat> so... You know, you don't put a little strainer in there <laughs> no, and hope it catches. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We don't do that. So yeah, the the whirlpool helps us to separate the solids that that come out of the solution uh, during the boiling process. So now we get all those out of there. So, but but we still have very hot liquid. It's still it's still been cast out from the kettle. It's still pretty close to boiling. So now what we have to do is chill it down. So we put it through a heat exchanger, and that heat exchanger is a amazing device and it knocks it down and in fact we call it the knockout that that portion where we chill the beer we knock it out and um, <clears throat> this is a lager most of our ales um, like to uh, ferment at 68 degrees but this one we ferment at 55 degrees so we pass it through our heat exchanger and it goes from almost boiling down to 55 degrees Fahrenheit and then at that point it's safe to what we call pitch the yeast so we were talking about yeast occurs naturally everywhere in the environment. This is very specific lager yeast that's been selected over many, 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 many generations to be specific to brewing beer. So we add that yeast in, and then it, this is, it's added in as it's going into the fermenter. When you come to the brewery and see all those big tanks, that's what those are. Those are fermenters. And then uh, the yeast go to work. And uh, being a lager, it takes a, a, a good bit longer than the ale, Ales we turn out in about two weeks. This takes at least four, ideally five or so weeks. <coughs> so, um, what's the difference between a lager and an uh, ale? So, yeah, there's two very large categories of beer: <coughs> ales and lagers. And the difference is the the type of yeast that's used. So, ales, um, uh, as I said, ferment at warmer temperatures, and they tend to have bigger, bolder flavors. Lagers are, are more subtle and clean and, uh, you know, really bright and refreshing. Not to say that they're not flavorful. They are. Uh, but, yeah, it's basically the type of yeast that you use. Lager is a, a, a German word that roughly means to store. So it's lagered uh, over a longer period of time. And because, the, uh, because they're fermented at colder temperatures, it takes a little while longer for the yeast to do their job. So we, now we've got them fermenting in these big vats, yep. the ones that are 12, 15 feet high or whatever. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And so what's going on? And so you're, what, for the ales, they're in there about two weeks. Yep. For the lagers, they're in there about four weeks yep. or so. And Correct. then what happens? So then we are checking, uh, we're monitoring the process every day. So, um, and we are, uh, we are measuring uh, the density of the beer because when, the, when we start out, that wort is full of sugars, so it's very dense. The yeast get in there and they metabolize those sugars and turn it into alcohol, so it becomes less dense. So <clears throat> we use a device called a densitometer that measures the um, uh, density of a liquid. And we can see that if the yeast are happy and healthy and doing their job, we can see that that density falls it becomes less dense over time because the yeast are replacing those sugars with alcohol. We're also checking the pH, or the acidity, of the wort, and the wort, uh, during the fermentation process, it becomes more acidic. And then at the end, when, when we can see that the yeast have, have eaten all those sugars and done, done, their, done their job, that pH creeps up just a little bit. So that's another way that we know 
at the end that the beer is ready for packaging. And of course, we're also tasting it. Um, and we know kind of roughly what uh, the beer should be tasting like at each part of the fermentation now, You're actually, uh, you know, the head brewer, right? Yes, sir. So do you taste, uh, you're going around tasting to make sure things are consistent? I, I do, I do. Um, one of the reasons we've been uh, so successful at First Magnitude is uh, our, our production manager is a food scientist uh, that was trained at the University of Florida. His name's Eric Dreyer. Great guy, and he's been with us since day one. Uh, master's and undergraduate degree in food science <coughs> from UF. And then we also have two full-time people that work in our lab um, that are monitoring our products um, and making sure that they're uh, as good as they can be. Well, so how do you uh, make sure that it's consistent? Is there equipment that measures it, or is it uh, human tasting that measures the consistency? It's a little bit of both, uh, but um, obviously uh, we want to get as much uh, objective data as we can. So uh, each of our beer has what we call a fermentation curve, so we can see where that line is going, and we keep all that data over time so we can compare a current fermentation to the many fermentations that we've had before, and we can, we, so we have a good prediction of, of where the beer should be on any given day. So we're looking at that and making sure that we have a good consistent fermentation. Right, because <coughs> if I go, if I go and ask for, you know, a beer from First Mag, mm -hmm. I want to make sure it tastes the same every time because, you know, the head beer coach uh, beer should taste almost identical whether I get it this month or six months from now, right? Right, absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah, that's what you're doing. Is, so um, there's obviously a science to that. Very much so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, again, we're, we're, uh, we're monitoring um, uh, what we call microbiology that we, that we do uh, on the day it's brewed, day one of fermentation, day five of fermentation. When the beer is in the bright tank, which means it's getting ready to be packaged, we, we take samples of the beer and we put it in incubators. Um, so, in other words, we put it into an environment that if there's going to be bacteria or anything in there, wild yeast or anything that we don't want to be in there, we put it in an environment that it's going to grow up. And so we, we uh, monitor those plates very, very closely, and if we see anything pop up, you know, we know that, well, okay, maybe this batch... Um, you know, doesn't get packaged. And there's a saying, which is very true, that good breweries dump beer and bad breweries don't. Okay. So fortunately, we, we, ha we, don't, we don't have to do that very often. But <clears throat> again, quality is, uh, is, is so important, and uh, it's something that we pay a lot of attention to and we've invested quite a bit in. Well, we're getting towards the end of the show. I want to cover uh, some of the activities going on okay. at First Mag. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, you can go out there and, and have great beers. Uh, I know I've ordered the tasting. During COVID, my wife Patricia and I would, were riding our bikes because we live in, in that uh, general part of town, and we'd go down there to ride the Hawthorne Trail. And uh, John had it set up so you could ride your bike um, or car through the brewery itself, right, <clears throat> and pick up a beer and take it home, and it was COVID safe because uh -huh. nobody was interacting <laughs> with anybody, and it was um, w just wonderful, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, 
uh, adaptation to the circumstances. But now that we're all uh, in a healthy state, tell us what's going on. Well, uh, we have uh, we have events going on all the time, and uh, I certainly encourage anybody that's interested to go to fmbrewing.com uh, to check us out. And of course, we have. Uh, Facebook and Instagram as well, but we have a uh, Celebrate Earth um, event coming up uh, next month uh, to celebrate Earth Day, where we're going to have live music uh, all day, and of course a special beer release. Uh, it's called Once Bitten, Twice Chai, uh, which is an amber ale that is brewed with uh, uh, chai tea spices, which is which is a, a fan favorite. And then um, later on, after that, we're going to be doing. Um, FM plays the hits, and uh, we're going to be bringing back some of the beers uh, that we did on opening day. Um, uh, we're going to have a cover band uh, that we'll be playing all day, so working off that plays the hits kind of a thing. And also something that uh, that we were discussing uh, prior to getting started today, we're going to be helping out to celebrate uh, the Wombat uh, radio station and hosting the first night of the Wombash, and we're really yeah, excited. Yeah, we're yeah. excited. Melden Law is going to be sponsoring the Wombash uh, as well, and uh, it's going to be a terrific event. Uh, Sister Hazel's going to be performing Saturday night, yep. and uh, for 50 bucks, I mean, where else can you see a, an incredible lineup? And, and actually, uh, there's a lot of other great acts that are coming on the Wombash. So, uh, I am I am extremely excited to see Sister Hazel. But I am very excited to see what it is, uh, yeah. which was an R&B kind of funk band uh, from the 90s. And man, yeah, and I who's am so the, excited. Who, there's a guy that's playing Friday night. Uh, I think that he was in what it is. Avi, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll be he'll be at First Magnitude. So that that's going to be uh, very very exciting. Avi Bortnick. Yes, that's right. That's right. And yeah. so Avi's, uh, yeah, Avi's. So anyhow, I've heard. I haven't seen Avi play, but I'm really excited to see him play. I'm uh, amazing guitar player. Yeah, amazing. So uh, <clears throat> I'm here with John Denny, uh, the founder of uh, First Magnitude. We're getting ready to wrap up the show. Uh, however, what I want to tell you from my own personal experience, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, First Magnitude. You go down there, there's plenty of parking, and you can just walk in. They have really neat uh, beer tasting. If you want to uh, you know, taste four, five, or six beers, they'll line them up in small glasses, and you can taste them and find the ones you like. You can see you know, w whether uh, you, know, you want the lager or the ale, which ones. Uh, you prefer because everybody has a different uh, palate, and um, they do an incredible job. I'm very proud uh, that you could uh, join us here in uh, Melden Law. You know, we've been a big supporter of uh, the Tom Petty festivals and uh, the Hartwood, everything going on in Hartwood. I don't know if I you knew this, but I was uh, Tom Petty's first attorney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we, I worked with, uh, you know, Mud Crutch and... Uh, all of that. So we, we've been around the uh, Gainesville community and the music scene a long time. And I know you, you're a big fan of the music scene, and uh, that's part of drinking beer, right? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Goes together. Goes hand in hand. Get together, <laughs> listen to some good music, have a good time. And they have the best beer garden there. It's so much fun. You just hang out, and there's tables set up picnic tables and other tables. You can bring chairs if you want when there, there's performances. Yep. 
uh, and it's a big enough area so everybody's really comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it really is. We have a uh, uh, back towards the 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 back part of the beer garden. We have a a kid zone, family zone. There's there's folks that like to bring you know toddlers and stuff like that, and and it's a nice kind of enclosed area that they can. Parents can hang out and, and have a beer together and watch your kids rip around. And, uh, and the food trucks. <clears throat> and the food trucks, yeah. We have, we have food trucks on a daily basis, and um, we've just got some great, great partners, and, uh, and, and we, we really uh, love the opportunity to work, work you with know, them. That was smart, bringing in the food trucks, because you're, you want to focus <laughs> in on great beer. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. We want to we do what we do. We do well and let them do what they do very well. So anyhow... Uh, first magnitude. Uh, it's on, off South Main Street. Mm -hmm. um, it's right. If you know where Depot Park is, it's just south of Depot Park. It's uh, easy to find. Just go on South Main Street. Uh, know where the Cade Museum is. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, follow your uh, nose south, and you'll find it. Uh, it's where the bus terminals are, yep. uh, and uh, it's a really wonderful atmosphere. And for those of you that uh, like uh, riding or hiking on the Hawthorne Trail, it's right there. All you have to do is uh, take a right or a left, depending on which way you're headed, and you're there at the brewery. You can stop off, have a beer, have a beer, and then uh, continue on your way. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So anyhow, John, uh, we're going to have to uh, close the show, but we loved having you on. I guess I feel like we just got started, <laughs> and uh, we're going to, you know, have you back again sometime. I and, would love uh, that. You know, I I, <clears throat> I really want to thank you for everything that you do for the community and. Uh, uh, thank you again for joining us on Melden Law and Friends, and we'll be back next later. Right. Thank you awesome, so much. Man. Thank you very much.